Hello, welcome to Central Valley Physicians Podcast. I'm Stacy Woods, Membership and Events Manager here at the Fresno Madera Medical Society. Um, today we have a very special guest with us, Dr. Manisha Mattel. Dr. Mattel is a rheumatologist here in Fresno and the founder and director of Moksha Holistic Center. Uh, Dr. Mattel, welcome to Central Valley Physicians. Thank you, Stacy, for having me here. I'm really delighted to be here today and Health and wellness is a topic that is really dear to my heart, so really happy to be here. Well, we're very happy to have you here. Um, Today, we're going to focus predominantly on Moksha Holistic Center, and um, for a little bit of background information, can you tell us what path you took from, um, you know, residency towards uh, opening a private practice in rheumatology, as well as founding the Holistic Center? Yeah, that's that's actually a, a very valid question. So uh, I trained in internal medicine um, here in New York City in the Columbia University Affiliate Hospital. And then um, we moved over to Midwest um, to be closer to, to my husband's family. And um, I did train in immunology and rheumatology at University of Iowa. And um, very interesting, um, while in Iowa um, training in rheumatology, I love the way we were able to make a huge difference in our patient's life, treating autoimmune disease. We had the most you know, world-class um, cutting-edge medicine to block off immune response, block receptors in the immune system, and bring about dramatic results, and patients would do so much well. However, what I realized was there was a lot of side effects from the medications. While we saved their kidneys, we actually completely killed their ovaries. Some of the medications were really strong. And I always paused and wondered, well, yes, we patients survived, but um, these young patients, when they're not able to have children, maybe that's gonna cause some degree of depression or some degree, some way it's gonna affect their social or their quality of life. And all these questions always kind of made a question mark that you know, we can't just focus on one organ system. We can't just focus on their lungs, their liver, their kidneys, their joints, and make those numbers look beautiful because the person is a whole. You need to connect to the person as a whole and see what, what's the risk-benefit ratio of taking one versus the other path. And this always intrigued my mentors, and um, I don't think the, the modern medicine really takes this um, very, very, you know, uh, positively. We're not, we're not very ready to accept that mind-body-soul practice yet, um, but I was introduced to transcendental meditation while in Iowa. Um, my mother-in-law actually introduced me to that, and then from there on, I think everything was clear what I wanted to do in my life. So um, I took the path of learning Ayurveda and learning more about Eastern medicine, and um, I knew one day that I would make this happen. It was just a matter of time and settling in with my husband and my family. Um, My great-grandfather had a president's award back in India, which I found out later when I moved to US. I didn't know that. He uh, was given a president's award for starting Gurukuls, a form of school in Ayurveda back in India. He had established a few schools, which I went back and saw and was really, really interested. So. I think it might be there somewhere in the genes too, but but I have a lot of passion for spreading enlightenment and health and wellness. So it wasn't necessarily practices that you grew up with. I mean, it was something that um, after medical school uh, you became more interested in, based on what you were seeing uh, as 
predominantly side effects of of Western medicine. Yes, that's actually correct. So uh, most of my family does modern Western medicine. My parents are physicians. Uh, my brother, my my husband's side of the family, his parents, his sister, brother-in-law, everybody's a physician from you name it: surgery, orthopedics, cardiology, internal medicine, pediatrics, OB. So nobody really does Eastern medicine. So I really wasn't exposed to it, um, but I knew that it worked somehow in my heart. I had a feeling that. We can look at people with just organs. You know, there's there's more to to life than just looking at all the different specialties and just making one part of person look good on paper and not really connecting to to the person as a whole. So the the main concept is the person as a whole and finding balance in your life. Um, but for those of us who may not. Um, understand a lot about Ayurveda. Can you just give us a, a basic overview of, like, w- you know, what you're looking at, what you're measuring, um, you know, what the basic principles are? Yes, um, very well questioned, you know. So Ayurveda is a form of complementary medicine and alternative medicine that originated back in India about 5000 BC or so ago. And Ayurveda is a Sanskrit word. Ayus means life and Veda is science or knowledge. It's basically the science or secrets of lifespan and longevity. So if you know you want to live longer, you really want to follow these basic principles. And it really connects to the person as a whole. It's about mind, body, and consciousness, and making a balance in all three. That's what's defined as health. Whereas modern medicine, um, for a very long time, focused on health has merely the absence of disease. But Ayurveda always talks about health as a balanced union of mind, body, senses, and consciousness. So holistic medicine, Ayurveda, um, functional medicine, it seems to be um, gaining traction in mainstream media. Uh, there have been several doctors who have uh, kind of left private practice to write books and sort of bring uh, functional medicine to everyone's attention. You know, people like Dr. Mark. Uh, Mark Hyman, uh, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Aviva Ram, um, doctors like that. Uh, but if you Google holistic medicine in Fresno or in the Central Valley, um, it's very, very scarce. And so uh, was that part of what led you to to found the center? Um, so I, you know, the, the fact that we are here, I think I would credit that to my husband. We were actually here um, on a conference in for rheumatology, um, one of the ACR conference in San Francisco, and we we both have very similar interests. So we we went and tried um, fresh squeezed orange juice and asked, um, you know, the the lady that where where do you grow your oranges? We're we're very much big into growing and farming and believe in that growing your own vegetables and then bringing them to the kitchen and cooking. She said it's it's somewhere um, in Hanford, and we said where is that? And she said it's Central Valley. So we actually drove from the conference, took an extra day off to come in and see the valley, and that's the first time we actually even knew about Fresno. And we, we were so fascinated to see vegetables, fruits growing here. And we took a bunch of pictures. And the whole thing was very fascinating. And I think it was this agriculture and the part that you have the liberty to grow and eat what you want. Um, you control your plate here in Central Valley, essentially. So I think that that was really, really huge for us. We love farmers markets. And um, we're always there in most of the markets, and I think we just were drawn to Central Valley for that fact. 
And that's why we're here. Um, as far as the holistic center, um, this is something I knew like years ago that I was going to start after I finished rheumatology. Um, I love rheumatology, and I'm very fascinated how to treat autoimmune disease. But at the same time, I'm, I'm all about quality of life and taking the person as a whole. So I like to do an integrative approach for both. That's, that's really how I define myself as a rheumatologist. Well, the Central Valley definitely has a tremendous bounty of, of fruits, vegetables, all, all types of, um, of food available. Um, as far as growing practices, though, are, are you pro-organic um, produce or do you think that really much matters in nutrition? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So, you know, going through an organic certification um, – is, is a cumbersome process. So a lot of the farmers here in the valley will not use and spray pesticides. They may not be certified organic. So yes, when we spray and, and put in a lot more uh, chemicals, it does affect the quality of the food and what we um, actually eat. So definitely if something is grown free of pesticide and as close to organic as possible is more easier on the body, and yes, easier on the immune system, easy to break down and digest by the body. So um, I wouldn't necessarily say organic because the, the process is cumbersome and some farmers can, can really bear those expenses and those cumbersome practices. But yes, um, anything grown with you know, TLC, tender love care, and as much as free of pesticides, seasonal, is, is really valuable to the, to the body. Do you see a lot of... Um like the the toxins, the pesticides, the um, you know, even mercury fillings, things like that, um, causing autoimmune. I I don't think we found a direct link that's published um, to show that pesticides or mercury fillings can cause autoimmune disease. But certainly, yes, if you take in more of these um, chemical products into your body, you're you're just stressing your immune system to digest them, and you're stressing your gut lining. Once you stress those those um, key points, you know you are you are going to cause a leaky gut. You're going to set up inflammation. Um, some our bodies are so unique. Everybody is very unique. There's a lot of factors that go into somebody developing a disease. There's genetic factors, environmental factors, and you know it's it's how your body can handle. Some people will be able to handle, and a lot of times the younger age group we can handle a lot of stress, whether it's the environment, the diet, the workplace, psychological stress. But over time, you know, it takes a toll on us. And that's when the immune system gives up. That's when all your, your body cells are tired. And then the, the cells don't recognize yourself. And then you're attacking your own body. That's how the autoimmune disease really sets up. So who is coming and, and visiting you at Moksha? I, what are the, like the primary complaints that people come in to you for? People want answers. That's why why they're here to to the holistic center. Um, a lot of times they're they're seeing their specialist and their their doctors. Um, they're really not getting the answers that they want, and they're not getting better. Their health is not necessarily better. So um, I think they're looking for some more answers. A lot of the patients and clients that I see at the center are very well aware of the toxic effects of the medications long-term, and they, they are just not buying into that. They, they really want something more simple and something that would be more natural to help keep their um, disease process under control. 
So when someone makes an appointment, what is the first thing that you do with them uh, in building that relationship? So the the first thing that I always tell all the clients is that um, holistic is is a great approach, but it's best if you integrate it with your medical doctor's advice. I, I think you need to talk to your primary doctor or your specialist about what you're going through and what lifestyle changes or herbs or supplements or exercises that you're going to do. You, you really want to do it um, with their consent and with their knowledge. I'd never recommend people to stop their diabetes or blood pressure meals, medications, cold turkey, and then just go go holistic. That That's really not, not the way you, you do it. You want to integrate both practices together. And then when you're seeing results, you it may be possible to lower the medications that you were taking. And again, that's, that's going to come from your, your doctor. So you really want to keep uh, that relationship with your, your medical doctor going as well. Are there standard tests that you take um, to get like baselines or to kind of figure out what's going on with someone and where the imbalances exist? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think a lot of uh, the patients and clients will come in with, with their basic tests. Uh, most of them will get it once or twice a year from their primary doctor. They'll get a basic testing of their kidneys, their liver. Um, a lot of the clients actually I've seen in my rheumatology practice as well. So um, that, that actually does give me a little bit of leverage because then I know their autoimmune markers and I have an idea about inflammation levels. So that really kind of gears towards what medical conditions they have. And then based on what I know about them, um, you know, we do a lot of comprehensive evaluations for these patients which includes their their history, their medical diagnosis, all the chronic health conditions. We also look into their lifestyle, um, their their work schedules. We look into the environment, the the home they live in. Um, You know, it it takes everything into account, Um, the supplements and herbs that they're currently taking. So we also do a pulse exam. And that's, that's all that is combined together. Um, Based on that knowledge, we tell them they're, they're, mind-body constitution, and we call them doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. Those are kind of like how people's um, mind and body constitution is. Once they have that information, we we develop a very uh, highly personalized approach towards um, telling them what exercises, lifestyle changes is going to best work for their mind-body type. So the first thing, part of the one-on-one consultations that you do, um, that would entail and probably a fairly lengthy visit where you would sit down and really discuss um, and get a, a good personal feel for, for what that person's day-to-day life looks like. Um, and do you see a lot of trends, like certain things that, um, that come up with almost every person you see that are fairly easy fixes um, that you would recommend that people make? Oh dear, that's that's a, a big question. There's there's a lot of things that people can actually change, um, regardless of, of patients I see. I I see friends and and people in social circle too. There there's a lot of things we can change, and I'll I'll give you a, a very simple example. Following a, a daily routine, following um you know a a practice. You know you you want you. There's times when you're supposed to wake up. Timings when you're asleep. And as long as you are within that that standard deviation, it's really good to set that circadian rhythm in the body. A lot of times, like we we forget that we we don't want to eat a very heavy meal at at dinner time, and and that's a very simple thing. Um, 
we know that cholesterol forms in the liver and, and most of it takes place at night. Um, this is what modern medicine knows too. And you know, having a heavier meal at, at bedtime or close to dinner is really very, very hard on the, on the body and sets up for um, a lot of toxin production. So these are very, very simple things that, that Ayurveda has been, has been mentioning for ages that, you know, you, you really want to have a lighter meal towards dinner. So this is just one form of example that I see that people um, really having a heavier meal with desserts at, at dinner time that can easily be switched. So is like intermittent fasting, um, is that similar practice? Yeah, in intermittent fasting is, is actually um, a very good way of um, getting the body um, to eliminate some of those toxins and all the stressors that the body has. So it's a part of detoxification. And um, traditionally, uh, in, the, in the Indian culture too, there's, there's a lot of times when people have, have fasting for a day or two, um, not really very lengthy, but just for a day or two. And those, those things have been incorporated for ages. And I think there, there's a scientific basis for everything that was done back in the past. And that's really what my fascination is, that um, simple gestures, for example, um, when you say namaste, you know, namaste is a form of greeting, expression that was done for years, you know, ages in back in Indian culture. Um, the more I, I learned about it, namaste is actually the way we, we say that the divine soul in me or the knowledge in me actually bows down to the knowledge in you. I respect the knowledge from my side to yours. And that's, that's really a literal Sanskrit meaning. But the more I, I learned, there's actually a scientific basis. So when you fold your, fold your hands, your palms, and bring them together close to your heart and say namaste, you're also pressing some vital acupressure points. You're giving signals to your heart. You're giving signals to your different organs, your skin, the lymphatics, the nerves. You're telling them that, hey, I exist. I have knowledge in me, and I respect that. And that's a beautiful way to enliven your body's physiology. So there, there's a huge scientific basis for whatever was done traditionally. That, that's really my, my fascination. And the more I've, I've read on the Vedic scriptures, the more I've realized that everything is, is science and it's all connected. So the energy that you can pull from, you know, even uh, things like walking through earth or... or um, tilling the soil by hand or growing vegetables and is that kind of all the same type of thing yes yes i think you're asking very real smart questions today so that that is all very valid you know when you use your hands you are telling you're giving signals to your body remember there's nerves everywhere in the body you're giving all those signals to the nerves the nerves then carry all those signals back to the spinal cord to the brain and it, it keeps your brain alive. Your brain is connecting with what you're doing. So it's that, that mind-body connection. Um, traditionally, back in India, you know, I, I've been looking at all the practices that they did. Um, we would eat by hands. And then the spoons came in, the forks came in. Well, the knives were never there. I'm a vegetarian, so I don't, I'll skip that. But, you know, the spoons were introduced. Uh, and then um, you realize that um, still some people would eat with hands. And I wondered, like, well, that was because there were no spoons invented, probably. That's why. But actually, I realized that's really not the case. When you eat with hands, you're giving signals to your hand nerves, the nerve endings in your hands. 
all of that all of that enlivens the nerves that enliven that gives signals back from the spinal cord back to the brain it's it's stimulating your your satiety centers your your centers that tell you hey you need to eat more that feeling of fullness sets in you're satisfied you used your hands you did all the stuff you needed your your body is so much alive there you know you're you're signaling the satiety center secrete leptin hey we're full we don't need more food all of that is connected when we're using we're not using the hands as much we're getting more into forks and knives we're actually missing that connection a lot of the spas nowadays make you walk on pebbles bare feet this it's it's just a form of you know getting signals from the earth to your to the soul and then getting them back to the brain it's that same concept pele used to play um, football you know the soccer game with with his feet i mean he's he developed that he didn't he didn't have money to buy shoes but i'm sure you know he got all that connection that mind body connection with his feet you know i mean uh, the human body is very fascinating it's just for us to realize and the mindfulness to really appreciate every single cell an organ system in the body our bodies are beautiful we just have to realize that so the interconnection of all systems is extremely important and when when you're treating like an autoimmune disease or or any ailment um holistically and you're trying to bring all those um bring balance to to the entire person what are the best diagnostic tools that you can use uh, to figure out you know where the imbalances are and how how to restore balance so if somebody has a, a disease for example say rheumatoid say diabetes say hypertension once a disease is manifested you need medications you need to see your your primary doctor your specialist you need to get on medications the ayurveda eastern medicine works you know excellent especially if you're in the preventative stage say you you want to prevent getting high blood pressure you want to prevent weight weight gain you want to prevent um cholesterol high cholesterol so if you want to prevent autoimmune disease excellent you know go ahead with all the ayurvedic um, uh, modalities we offer you know but once you have the disease that's that's already manifested that's kind of too late you you can just practice holistic and not see your doctor that's really not the way to go you want to be on your right medications and then work synergistically with some of the ayurvedic practices and with the ayurvedic practices our goal is to enliven your your body's inner intelligence we want you to connect that mind body soul we want you to develop you want you to be aware of the cellular intelligence each and every cell carries your dna your rna that's the blueprint you got from mom dad from generations you know we want you to enliven that we want the intelligence to come up we want you to connect your body your body should tell you what's right when you're thirsty you know it your body tells you if you're not paying attention or you're not mindful you're busy typing a text message which i see a lot of people do now we are not listening to our body so the first thing is we want to be mindful we want to listen to our body the body is very intelligent and that's what we want to do we want to enliven that consciousness we want you to rejuvenate and then once you start doing those things together it's very much possible that your diabetes will get under control you may be able to lower your medications and say one day you may be able to get off but you know those things work together so please don't stop seeing your primary doctors and don't stop seeing your specialists 
So once the disease has manifested and, and you're on medication, do you, do you feel that through holistic practices and uh, paying extreme attention to, you know, the food you're consuming and, you know, bypassing on highly processed foods and, you know, just really cleaning up the diet, cleaning up your, um, your life, uh, and, you know, free of toxins, things like that. Do you, do you think that you can reverse diseases like Hashimoto's or diabetes or, Absolutely. I, I strongly believe you can. In my practice, I've, I've actually successfully treated people with inflammatory bowel disease. I, I really feel um, the gut health is really important. So I've very successfully treated them. Um, they're co-managed by their, their GI doctors um, that they see, but um, with all the, the dietary intervention, lifestyle changes, they were able to lower their doses and, and their gut linings have cleared up. So th- this is amazing. This is what I can tell you from real life example. I strongly believe you can. You can very much reverse the, d- the disease process. Sometimes you're not able to, but you can very well control it or go in remission. So you mentioned um, gut permeability and um, or, you know, leaky gut, <laughs> as it's commonly referred to. But um, do, do you think that diet is the biggest key or is there an other area that you should start with? I think the, the best way to start off is, is your diet. Um, I strongly believe that you are what you put in yourself. That's, that's really the essence. Whatever you eat um, goes through your gut lining. The gut lining has at least 70% of the nervous system. It has all the immune cells in it. A lot of your immune system is in your gut. So the first thing you put in um, exposes your gut lining to what you're eating, and all of that um, is digested by the cells, by the enzymes that the body secretes. How does your body know what to secrete when? If you're mindful, you're giving signals to the body, hey, I'm eating, um, your body knows. Your, your gallbladder will contract. Your pancreas will secrete the enzymes. If you're watching a, a very intense or very, you know, you're in a very emotional um, situation and eating and just force feeding and not being mindful, your, your brain is distracted somewhere else. You may not secrete those enzymes. Your, your food might not get digested. And, and you may be able to get by one time. But this, if this happens repetitively, then yes, the gut lining will inflame. Whatever you eat, your immune cells react to it. That's how you shape your immune system. Breastfeeding is very important. American Academy of Pediatrics cannot stress enough. Whatever the, the baby is exposed to during the first few months of life will shape all immune cells, his immune response. That's how your immune cells differentiate into one form, the other form, whether they go into autoimmune disease or not. These are very, very important. Role of diet cannot be undermined. So we, we need to be watchful what we put in ourselves. It's very, very important. So when you're deciding what to eat, I would imagine that that's as personal an individual as many other things, you know, based on, on how your body makeup uh, reacts to, to certain foods. Um, do you recommend like an elimination diet or, um, you know, how do you find what works best for you? Yeah, so um, Ayurveda recommends to do a detox or an, a cleansing program, especially with the change in season. 
Um, that's something we're starting this fall. So with change in seasons, um, that's the time when it's it's really rough for the body. It's actually stressful. And um, we really want to clean up all that's that's you know we've done. We usually put people on a very light diet that's very easy to absorb, but still has good amount of protein, carbohydrates, fat. It has it is a balanced meal. So we put on people on very light diet, and then some of the things will be tweaked from your mind body constitution type. If somebody has more like a, a vata type personality and mind body type, their diet might be a little bit different from somebody else with a pitta type or a kapha type. But the essence is it's a very light and a balanced diet. Um, that you follow, especially during the cleanse, and um, you really want to give your your body rest. This is the time when you know you're going to be mostly home and not going to be trying a a fancy trip or a vacation or traveling for work. That's really not the time to try a cleanse because that that can be stressful on the mind. So um, yeah, so it's the the seasonal changes are actually the fall and the spring is actually a really good time to do the cleansing to give the body some rest and then slowly reintroduce your regular diet back. And as you're reintroducing your regular diet, what are things that you're looking for? What kind of reactions um, from your body are telling you that a certain food might not be the best one for you to be choosing? So this is this is very person to person. I I usually tell people to make their own logs, to make their own diary log, and and they know their body's the best. I I don't think there's a one diet that fits all. Um, there's no one kind of, you know, one particular food that's going to be beneficial for all. So everybody is different. And the way you react to certain foods would be different. So it's it's very personalized and individualized. So it's best to make a diary and a log of foods when you reintroduce them. But yes, there are some helpful guides that we give you um, a, a couple of options that, yes, based on your body type, these kind of foods will, will be best for you to help balance your physiology. So so the clients can pick and choose what works best for them. And then whether how they react and how they don't, you know, that's very, very personalized and individual. And that's best when they keep a diary and keep themselves informed of what's uh, causing what kind of reaction. So the cleanse is a class you're actually offering at Moksha this fall? Yes. And how long does that last? What? So the, the cleansing is a, is a stressful period. So when I do the cleanse, I do it with my clients. So I know what exactly is going on. I, I already tried it with my husband this, um, this springtime. It wasn't easy. It's it's a little bit stressful on the body. You really have to tell tell yourself we're not eating all the regular food. This is just time to relax, to give our gut, you know, our our stomachs a little break. So it can be a little bit stressful, and you need that support um, from from family as well. Typically, um, a cleansing can be done for three days to a week. A lot of times, if you're starting out from um, you know the first time, is is be- it's just best to do it for three days. And only twice a year, or do you do it more often? Twice a year is, is good enough. If somebody wishes to do it for more, they, yes, you can do it more, especially when you're changing into winter season. From winter, again, coming back towards spring, you can do that, and then sometime in summer too, but, but twice a year is actually good enough. And is that recommended for the whole family? Do children participate? or No, children don't need to do that. that that's mostly for adults. As children, we, we, you know, um, there's a lot of flexibility. The body has, has that, you know, lots of intelligence. They can regenerate, regrow lots of things, and they can take in a lot of stressors. So children have a lot of flexibility. We, we let kids be kids. 
So what, um, what other types of classes are you offering right now? Um, we do a lot of educational workshops at the center. Um, we've, we've had a couple of them. We've done a few on the turmeric health education, um, where we focus on, um, you know, the, the turmeric, which is a bright orange spice that's um, traditionally used in cooking. But um, it's got great anti-inflammatory and antioxidant benefits. So we look at all the data that's been there. We look at the plant. We talk about how to grow it. Um, and, um, you know, lots of um, hands-on things. Um, clients will work on the powder. We'll make like a, a face pack. It's great for skin care. And, and, and it's used in ages before wedding. So before I got married, we were, you know, traditionally you, you make a turmeric paste and put on the bride's face and the groom as well. So they glow. And this has been for ages. And um, now we know that, yes, it has great skin benefits. So the clients, when they come into the workshop, we do a lot of tastings. We do turmeric tea, the golden milk. Um, we do um, we do have turmeric ice cream, actually. We do that, too. We do lots of different tastings for them. We do lots of hands-on things, face masks, um, and they get to see the plant, the powder, the dried root, and we talk about cultivation. So it's like farm-to-table, lots of um, back-and-forth questioning, and it's kind of really like uh, interactive and not really didactic. Then some of the other classes that we've held is on role of probiotics and gut health, um, that is really so important. I think um, um, Ayurveda is not complete about talk without talking about gut health. So we talk, um, kind of enlighten people about really what modern medicine knows about inflammatory bowel disease and gut health. And then how does Ayurveda um, really talk about how to keep the gut health in balance? And based on the feedback that I got from the clients, um, we actually started our own products, our own supplement lines. So we have our own probiotic product, which is very unique um, in the sense that it has different species of, of lactobacillus, bifidobacterium. These are forms of bacteria. Also has a yeast, Saccharomyces. There's tons of uh, literature published in Lancet, JAMA, published in uh, American College of Gastroenterology journals that talk about benefits of Saccharomyces. It's a yeast form, which is so beneficial for gut. And if you go to um, leading health stores and, and markets, you'll see, you pay attention and you read the labels, you'll see some probiotics have lactobacillus, some have bifidobacterium. There's only, I believe, one or two that have Saccharomyces, but that's all they have. So it's very difficult to find all three in one. So we worked with pharmaceutical company to bring out a probiotic that has all-in-one with uh, at least 20 billion colony farming units, which is billions of bacteria and the yeast in them. So um, I think it's a great, unique product. And there's all data behind that all these things work for gut health. So, and that's available um, at the center and on your website? Yes, it's, it's available at the center and online also. You can actually read up more information on it and order it online. Um, and similarly, we carry quite a few other supplement products. So the yeast, um, you, you hear things like SIBO and, um, you know, and, and the negative uh, aspects of, of yeast. So what is about this yeast that actually assists in digestion or... or so um, the human body has, has trillions of microbes. Our skin harbors a lot of bacteria. Um, even though some of them can cause acne, but you know, we've got trillions of bacteria in our gut. We've got viruses that are healthy. We've got yeast and fungus that are very, very healthy. There is a fine physiologic balance that, that the body maintains. 
Um, it's very interesting. You know, the astrophysicist Neil Neil Tyson, who's in based in New York, he once mentioned that who's really in charge of the universe? Is it us or these trillions of bacteria? He was so fascinated. And and Ayurveda has been talking about um, the universe and the cosmos connection. That our consciousness is just a reverberation or a reflection of of the universe. Whatever is as is the macrocosmos, so is the microcosmos. So they're all connected, and that's Maharishiji has said that. And he was a pioneer who started transcendental meditation and Ayurveda. So you know, um, all of these things. If you look in it, there's all these microbes that live in harmony within us. There's a fine balance. And they do lots of great things to our body. They they are they are protective. They are a first line of defense. They they maintain the linings, the gut lining, the skin linings. Um, they actually secrete a lot of good things, good uh, chemicals that prevent cancer. They they actually form. Uh, they help in digestion. They also form help in forming vitamin Bs and Ks because we wouldn't form them if we didn't have those bacteria. So they do lots of great things, and there's that fine balance. However, with the diet, this, this, the, the diet that's heavy um, in saturated fat, red meat, the Western diet, all that heavy diet and the stressors, we're upsetting that balance. So all those, those healthy bacteria are actually diminishing, and the, the harmful bacteria are emerging that are causing SIBO and some of the things that you mentioned, inflammation in our gut. So they're also causing cancer. For example, there's a bacteria called H. pylori or Helicobacter pylori that, that's in our stomach. And that, if it's not treated, can cause lymphoma or cause cancer. So, um, you know, all those, the, the harmful bacteria, when they increase, they cause all the bad things in our body. And so we want to fine-tune that balance. The probiotics are all those healthy bacteria that are right there in that capsule or the pill form or uh, certain foods that are rich in the probiotics. They, they actually um, kind of increase that balance of good bacteria and viruses and fungus also in the body that do wonderful things to protect our body. They live in peace and harmony. So it's a symbiotic relationship. So do you feel that probiotics um, are the best way to have balance in in your gut i i'm a strong believer of of diet um if you if you know that you have inflammation in the gut or have some gut problems like ibs or irritable bowel syndrome inflammatory bowel disease celiac disease if you know you've you've got um something a bad infection caused Clostridium difficile or C. diff that causes a lot of hospitalization in certain patients. Yes, probiotics would be very beneficial. Now, if you're very healthy, um, there's there's a lot of things you can do in your diet to make sure you're getting those healthy bacteria. Yogurt is one form of them. Um, I tell people that that supplements are awesome to take, but um, don't just blindly take them forever. When you take them. You take them for a couple of months, especially if you're healthy, then you take a little break from them and go on a really healthy diet and, you know, the diet that's appropriate for your body type. You go on that and then slowly go back after a few months back on your supplements. If you already have inflammation, you've already got rheumatoid, you've already got lots of inflammatory cells and your immune system is already very aggravated, yes, you may benefit more from supplements um, and additional herbs to to reset that balance. So in that situation, you may want to take it more long-term. But if you're really healthy, focus more on diet. Do lots of things that you can do on your own to to really stay healthy. Given the average American diet, 
what would be your recommendation for like the top three changes to make to really notice a difference in how you feel? That's a great question. So um, as far as the American diet is concerned, I think whenever you're making changes in your diet, Ayurveda says to do them slowly. Your body gets used to a certain type of diet. And I don't tell people to do drastic overnight changes. You want to introduce changes slowly so that your body can adjust. It's not stressful and it's smooth. So the number one thing I would tell is to cut back on red meat. If somebody takes red meat every day, do it every other day. If you're taking every other day, do it just once a week. So you want to make those changes slowly. And if you're doing it very, um, not so sure, maybe once in a while, well, then just back off. Red meat causes a lot of inflammation. Um, lots of data published on it in American uh, College of uh, Gastroenterology journals. Lots of uh, data shows that it aggravates uh, Crohn's disease. Lots of data shows that it can actually um, cause flare-ups of inflammatory bowel disease. So um, red meat is something I would tell people to cut back as much as possible. So that's like, like the number one thing that people can do in their diet. Other things that, that help are, um, you know, having a diet rich in fruits and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables are, have great antioxidant benefits. So um, introducing them more and more into your diet is, is actually very, very beneficial. And again, lots of published data for, for IBD uh, patients in, in GI journals that fruits and vegetables have great beneficial effects on gut. Um, and then also cardiac, cardiac benefit. They're all cardioprotective as well. So we know that these things work. And then the third thing I think that, that people can do is you need to cook one meal yourself. You need to know what you're putting in your body. Um, it doesn't have to be very fancy, but you really want to do it yourself. You want to tell your body that, hey, I'm there and I'm going to cook myself. When you're, you're doing all that, that's stimulating the neuroendocrine hormonal system. Um, the, the saute that you do is giving signals going off. Again, it's all about your senses. It's all about coming back to your senses. Your nose should be able to, to smell all that, the, whatever you're cooking, and then it's telling you, oh, yes, I'm hungry. You know, your satiety centers are open. And then they'll tell you when they're full. So you really want to enliven that connection. So cook one meal if, you, if you're if somebody who doesn't. If you do, maybe you want to do it a little bit more often. So these are, I think, uh, the, the best recommendations that I can tell people to start off. So, and cooking is one of the things you, you teach or have classes about at, um, at the center? This is something new that we're going to start. We haven't started yet, but yes, um, it's, we're starting our Vedic cooking classes. We're working with the county to streamline a few things, uh, but I think we're very close to getting them started now. Um, yeah, and it, it's going to be a lot of discussion about different spices, um, how to use them in cooking, and, you know, um, getting people to know that... Um, it's it's not very difficult. It's very simple and um, very, very powerful and has profound effects on the body. So will these classes be um, you know, classroom style where you're at a kitchen or? Yeah, they're going to be based in a kitchen. So um, yes, um, it's going to be a demonstration. And then in the end, everybody enjoys the, the meal. So that's that's really the beauty. We want you to enjoy the meal in the end and really get all the benefit from, from the meal and the food that you cook. So everybody kind of participates. Well, it sounds like a wonderful event, just and, uh, not only from the learning about 
different spices and what to cook, but also the camaraderie and the fellowship and then enjoying the meal. Um, that's really, that brings everything in the Ayurvedic principles together. That, that is so true. You know, cooking together and cooking with harmony and, uh, and with a relaxed mind has a huge benefit. You are conveying signals to the food. And uh, no, I'm not phil- philosophical in this at all. Um, physicists will tell you there's something called quantum mechanics and there's quantum physics. There's energy from matter and all that is communicated. There's waves. So um, that's not Dr. Mittal. That's real science. So, <laughs> so all that gets communicated. When you're cooking, you're sending signals to the food. And everybody cooking a meal together and enjoying together, wow, you're, you're blessing your immune system, your gut. You're, you're going to have a wonderful time. All based on vibrations. <laughs> yes, they, they work. They go long ways. I, um, we talked about lunch and cooking. Now, I will tell you some of the things that, that led me into my, my practice. Um, when, when we moved here and my, me and my husband were looking for jobs, um, interestingly, um, they, they talk about, all right, you get to see these many patients and then you have your afternoon slots, you get to see patients. And I asked my husband, well, where's your lunch break? He said, well, there's no lunch break. I said, what? There's no lunch break? And he said, no, uh, we're just in between patients. You grab something. And I said, no, no, that's, that, that's not a job. No. So I, I think I, we defy a lot of things that, that are taken for granted in, in you know, the general um, work kind of environment that, that we have around here. Um, and that's true for, for, I think, the whole North America. That, that's really true here that sometimes we don't pay attention or there's not a lot of significance laid to taking care of ourselves. And that's really lacking. I think we want everybody to take care of themselves, really. There should be plenty of time allotted to enjoy your meal and sit in a relaxed environment without stressors. Hey, that's, that's a good job. So <laughs> that's that, these are some things that I shared with my husband, and we have similar philosophy that... Yeah, some things are, are you know, uh, etern- you know, time-tested, eternal, and you need to spend time with your body to really go and go long ways. Well, you talked about the benefits of routine and, and your circadian rhythms, and uh, we talked a little bit about nutrition and uh, the importance of self-care. So what are some of the best self-care practices as far as uh, is that part of your routine, like a morning meditation or a yoga practice or um, just physical activity of some kind? Where, where is it best to fit that in and what do you need physically to be balanced? So um, any form of physical activity should be enjoyable. That's the number one thing I will tell even my, my rheumatology patients that come to see me. Um, you really want to enjoy it. It should not be a chore. It shouldn't be something on our checklist. I have to go to the gym and I have to go to a spin class. No. You go in nature, you do a hike, or you paint. Use, you go to your grandson's baseball game. That's, all that will release the endorphins. You lose weight. It works. Once you set your physiologic balance back, you're, you're secreting the... You might have seen some people have a higher metabolic rate versus others. You're just giving signals to your body by releasing the right endorphins and right neurochemicals. And then some of the, the balance in the weight and um, you know, the inflammation happens automatically. So things you enjoy are very important. Um, any kind of physical activity should be enjoyed, whether you're walking your pet, you know, you're, you're doing painting, just reading a book, window shopping. That's all, all fun stuff. And um, 
for in general for arthritis, people who have arthritis and that I see in rheumatology, we don't recommend intense cardio. We, we recommend low intensity workouts, aerobic activity, simple walking, water exercises, swimming. All that is all wonderful. Taking a hike in nature, that's wonderful. So um, intense workouts and um, those are great, especially if you're doing competitive training or you're an athlete, wonderful. But in general, it's not necessarily important to maintain health. So, and a lot of Ayurveda is from the inside out. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's you know, um, the inside out. Yeah, I talked to my son about that movie. It's all about inside out, getting your emotions right. And that is so true. It's, it's all about getting healing from within. So once you're you healed from within, it'll show outside. So it's all connected. So, so beauty is more than skin deep. So back to the center for a minute. Um, what are some of the things you're most excited about that you offer or that are coming down the pike? Um, the, the center, you know, it's, it's called Moksha Holistic Center. And, and Moksha really means enlightenment or liberation. Um, when I was pregnant with my, my daughters, I took a sabbatical and um, I read about the ancient Vedic scriptures and I read a, a lot about Vedas and, you know, the essence that came out was moksha, enlightenment. And a few weeks later, my daughter Moksha was born. The operating room was filled with all this bright light. She was beautiful and angel. I, um, you know, I sighed a relief when she was born and with her came hopes of starting Moksha Holistic Center. I just got more hopeful. Um, my, the goal of my, my really my practice and my life is to impart knowledge, health, and wisdom to people so they can make right informed choices. I, I do not want to just write a prescription and send them their way. They need to be able to make informed choices. And um, at Moksha Holistic Science Center, we focus on imparting that knowledge and making that connection about mind, body, and spirit and promoting health and wellness from within. So the whole concept is really passionate to me um, and is very close to me. So I'm really excited about just imparting knowledge and health. I'm very happy when when people try these um, practices and it makes a huge difference, they tell me. And so so that really um, kind of encourages me to go on. If someone is interested in starting a more holistic lifestyle uh, and they want to use the resources available at Moksha, um, how should they start? Do they start with a one-on-one consultation? Do they start with attending a class? I mean, what's, what's the best way to begin? Yeah, I, I think the best way for them to begin would be to browse the website. There's a lot of information on the website and see if this is something that they would be really interested. And if they feel like, yes, they, they want to know more about it, the best way would be to come to one of the classes and really experience one-on-one, uh, meet other people, you know, and, and a lot of people want to share their stories, and that's purely voluntary basis. So they, it tends, you know, they get a feel that there's a lot of people who have autoimmune disease or long-standing chronic illness and how um, they've, they've used these different modalities and seen a, a difference. So it kind of, it, it's in a sense, it's good that they can connect with other people and hear what's going on. And if they really like those kind of classes, then the, the other way to go would be to go through a membership because uh, those, those clients who are members get more perks. They get more discounts and they get more um, kind of, you know, coupons and things that they can do and attend more classes. They also have a, 
a once a year event that's only for members and that we tend to showcase all the new things that are coming up and we usually will have a speaker out there as well so those are perks just for members so i think it's just best to start off with a class and get a feel of what really is going on and how big are your classes um they're they're not very big i think uh, we have about 25 people that come in a class and um well there's always room to expand but i think um, i'm more comfortable with a, a number close to that and what is the next class on your schedule the next class i think on our schedule is um for the summer, we're I think we're having two classes. The next one is um, developing a personalized uh, approach to your mind, body, and consciousness. So it's a workshop where participants will um, work through ways how to determine what's their mind, body constitution, and we go through different kind of tools and algorithms to help them determine that, and then what kind of diet and lifestyle best suits their body. Remember, there's no one diet that's going to work for everybody. There's no one particular thing you can pinpoint that that's what everybody needs to be on and to be the most healthy. So really, it's a very personalized approach. So it's kind of similar to a personal consultation, but just focuses more on how to know what's your mind body type and what's best suited to your your lifestyle so that's our next class um, and then we do have another class coming on looking at um, you know secrets to a naturally glowing skin so lots of natural products that you can do at home to glow your skin and and prevent in inflammation and skin damage well, it sounds like that first class is a great introduction uh, to all that the the holistic center has to offer yeah, I, I think it's it's really the, the crux and, and the backbone of what we do in Ayurveda. So that's that's really a, a wonderful class if somebody wants to find out more about Ayurveda. So are there any uh, services that you offer that we really haven't touched on yet today? Um, we, we do have a, a lot of supplement products that are there in our educational classes. And then we talked about Ayurvedic cooking and a, a cleansing treatment that's coming up this fall. We're also going to have certain spices available um, at our center that would be helpful for cooking and have health benefits. Um, some of the other things that you're, you're going to see is you may see me in farmer's market, but I will keep you posted on that on our Facebook page. You may see me there and we're having some, some wonderful, um, summer products like ice creams and things like that available too at the center that are, that have health benefits. So they are, they're made in mind with uh, conferring a health benefit for children and adults alike. All that is coming up. Do you do your own line of spices or? Yes, we, we do. All, all our products are our own line of, uh, and we have certifications. We do a lot of testing to really before we bring them up. Most of the the, uh, the farmers that we work with are organic, USD organic certified, and have had triple testing done. So uh, we're very confident that you get a quality product. Is there any other advice or um, information that you would like to, to share that we, we haven't talked about? I think, Stacey, you're, you're very smart and you've covered a lot of topics for the audience. And I'm sure the audience is going to benefit from all this information. And some of them may be more intrigued and wanting to find out more. The website is a great resource and our Facebook page has a lot of information. Um, but um, 
Yeah, I think there will be more and more information coming up, um, especially some of our, our food product lines that we're, we might be bringing on this summer. Um, and we will be in the farmer's market as well. So um, I, my, my one message to the, to the audience is maybe grow something um, and um, you know, bring it on to your table as a salad or as a food and enjoy it with your family. Um, cherish the time you spend with your family because that's really valuable and important. And your website address? Our website address is www.mokshaholisticcenter.com. And um, we are located at Maple and Herndon, 7045 North Maple Avenue, Suite 101. So um, our phone number is 559-726-3235. So you can find all that information on the webpage. Well, it's an absolutely fascinating topic, and I could probably talk to you for a lot longer about it. Um, we will have to do a supplement to this uh, at some point in the future and uh, maybe even attend one of your classes or two. Uh, I really thank you for taking the time to talk with us today, and I really appreciate all the great information. Thank you for having me. It was really a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Stacey.